With the first pick in the 2008 WNBA draft, the Los Angeles Sparks select Candace Parker. With the first pick in the 2011 WNBA draft, the Minnesota Lynx select Maya Moore from the University of Connecticut. Weekly WNBA podcast brought to you by Sports Ethos and Outlet Pass. My name is Corey. I got Bailey and Chris with me and a special guest before introducing them. Bailey, how are you? I'm straight. We vibing. How are you, Corey? Doing good. Doing good. It's the end of the week for me. I know most people still have another day in their week, but I made it through. That's all I really care about. Fingers crossed. Maybe by the time you hear me next on this pod, for anyone, I, I think I've mentioned already that. I'm going to D.C. this weekend. I don't know if the reason is that I'm going to be seeing a Sun game. I don't know that the group that I'm going with wants to see a Sun game. I'm going to make it. The Sun happened to be in D.C. this weekend, so that might just have to happen anyway. Carissa, how are you? I'm just ready to get through tomorrow. I feel that. I feel that. And now our special guest. Kadeem, how are you? I'm doing good. It's been a really good day for me, so I am happy to be here. And can I put a disclaimer out for the people? Absolutely. I will let everyone know that I do not claim to be a sports expert. What I have to say is just my spirit. So if you want to fight me about it later, you know you know where I be. Thank you. Well, anyone who is a regular listener to this knows that at least I, well, and I don't think anyone here would even, none of us claim to be experts. We just we like what we like, and we're here to talk about that, so... I, I feel like you're just as informed as the rest of us. You've gone, you've gone to more games than I have. Oh, well, thank you. I feel <laughs> so. All right, so, so where can they find you, though, in case they don't know? You can find me on Twitter at Kadeem Derp. That is K-A-D-E-E-M as in man, D-E-R-P. And that's all you're going to find me at. Don't look at my Instagram or nothing like that. All right, all right. Well, now we know. So we're going to get into some of the news of the week before diving into, I mean, Kadeem's been trying to get on here for a little bit to talk about the Dallas Wings after we, you know, embargoed them for a couple of weeks. Couldn't stand too many things to talk about with them. So uh, the big news of the week uh, is Sue Bird saying that this is her final season. I think we all kind of knew this coming in, especially like when Stewie and Joel Lloyd went back for one more, one more year, two years for Joel, but um yeah, I, I don't think it's actually surprising. I think it's interesting that she announced it as they're going to Connecticut. And I know that she got to have her retirement press conference in Connecticut, which depending on what side of the coin you stand, if you're someone like Carissa who likes likes the University of Connecticut, that's kind of cool. Um, for me, it was just kind of whatever. But here we are. Uh, Bailey, I'll let you get started. Let's see if you can be measured with what you're going to say about this officially being super its final season. Well, Kind of like you, I think we all kind of knew it. It's just more a matter of her confirming it. And it was kind of more like a about time. Not in the sense that I want her to retire, but like just confirm it or deny it type thing. You know, it's just don't leave us in the dark. We're like 13 games into the season. So let's figure out what you're going to do here. See, I kind of like that she was handling it like, not not to do the cross sport thing, but like when Tim Duncan did it and he, he was like kind of done at the end and just kind of dipped. Whereas like, I, I didn't need the Kobe retirement tour for. Yeah, but like, I don't feel like Sue's that type of personality like Tim Duncan was. No, but I mean, there's also enough. Like, I mean, she has a teammate that this is their final season. We got Syl, a ton of people are presuming Candace. So it's, I, I get like, you could, I, I don't know, I don't, it's weird that she would announce it in the middle. That's actually weirder. I don't know if it's because of the way the season is going for her. She said that she's finally starting to feel that she can't compete at her highest level. So I don't know if that's it or if this was always the plan. You still have DT hanging out there, probably. Who knows when she'll retire? Some would say two years ago, others will say never. So just depends on who you're talking to. 
Carissa, yeah. one more, I, I, I'll let you get your thoughts on this as well, Carissa. I'm with Bailey. It's about time. There <laughs> I mean, it is. And it's no disrespect to her because, I mean, Sue did what she did, but the new generation is here and I'm I'm ready for it. My only point, and this is the point I made last year, I remember actually arguing on the pod last year with with Drew and Akil was if if it's time for her to be gone, let somebody be better than her then. I like I, obviously she's not the best player in the world anymore, but if she's still best one of the top not you know what I mean, Bailey. My point is that she's not like I'm not saying she's like one of the top whatever players. Okay, I'll correct my words, but if she wasn't one of the top one thirty, then she wouldn't be in the league anymore. Like I, I think she still has a place in the league for as long as she wants it. It's not like she's just in there because she's super. She's still like starting caliber point guard in this league. You can disagree all you want. I see you shaking your head. I'm not disagreeing, but I also do think the fact that she's just super plays a role in it. Maybe, but she's still like the way she sets the table for the Seattle team. Like I mean, they're one of the most boring offensive teams in the league, but I do think that she does add a level of balance to a team that is, if nothing else, competing like in the middle of the playoff race. I will say, maybe it's a hot take. I think she's easy or not. I think she still brings more value than DT does. I think so too. I do too. I think DT has the scoring highlights that you'll see, but also like you can just see with the Mercury, like when DT gets ejected or when she missed time last year, the Mercury were just better. I mean, let's be real, but, and I don't think that's the case with Sue. So, and that's like, that's no disrespect to, to DT because DT's resume speaks for itself. But at this point, I think that you can make all the faces you want about her. Like, it, it, like it, she does have a pretty sterling resume, if nothing else. Maybe not goat resume, not enough to get that ball that they decided to manufacture and, and give to her on a 25th anniversary season for no reason. But like, she's still, she was still great. Yeah. I'm not denying the greatness of any of these players listed. I'm just. Yeah. Okay. Well, at and, the and, current moment. Well, yeah, but I mean, she's what? 40. Like, yeah, yeah no, like <laughs> at the current moment, like. For anyway. anyone wondering, I'm not kicking it to Kadeem because Kadeem's exact words were, I ain't got nothing to say about her. <laughs> I mean, I really don't. I low-key wish DT had announced it first because I really am ready for her to go. Because like you said, Sue adds something to Seattle and DT just does, she just does nothing but score a basket and get technicals. So mm-hmm. I'm really kind of ready for her to go. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too. Where it's like, I, I, not that I, I don't really have animosity for most players in the league. Certainly, but if even if I wanted to manufacture some, I would absolutely not be able to manufacture any for Sue. I could see why you would have some for for DT. You know what I mean? Like, I think Sue is just. I, I just generally feel positively about Sue. So, like, that's all. That's where I'm at. Yeah, and um, you know, you talk about Sue and DT, and they go back all the way. Like for me, like it's just with Sue, it's more of how she's covered that I have an issue with. Uh, the commercials with her like being goat and things like that. Like, I don't think Sue Bird has a goat case. No, but I think she does. In the, like, if you, I, I think in terms of not necessarily impact, in terms of on great court, impact. That's where I'm. Like, I think that she's one of the more influential women's athletes of the last twenty years. I'll agree with that. And I so I think that like because I mean just just in general a lot of sports advertising and specifically sports advertising and media campaigns around women lack a lot of nuance um they kind of just conflate the two so i think that's part of it right but she's been on yeah. a winner for at least she has what two or three rings that's before my i, I i've seen one of them but i don't remember how talking many about she, sue yes she's got four does she not I was going to say, the the, or the earlier reigns of the good storm are before my time, so I will edit part of this out where I sound like a complete idiot. But, um, yeah, so, like, she has that on her resume. She has that she is such a – she's made impact on things that I think – and she's just generally likable. Like like I said, she's seems like a good person, whereas someone like DT seems like someone that would punch you in the teeth. So that kind of goes a long way if, you're, if it's on somebody that's on your team. And that's just, that's just me. I don't – I mean, I've – I don't think I've ever said I don't like Seattle, but I know that I've rooted against them in the past, whether that be to needle a keel or just because they were going up against teams that I liked. But I, I'll, I, I will say that I'll, that I'll be – I think the league is – I'm not going to say worse because, like Chris has said, they're in great young hands, but I do think that it loses something for losing Subert. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. 
I just uh, I also kind of agree with Carissa. It's time for the change in the guard. See, I think we're giving that anyway, though, right? Like that's kind of where I'm at is because, and this is coming as somebody who I know we said don't say this as much anymore, but like as a newer fan and as someone that is coming after Sue Bird was a perennial All Star type player. I don't look at it that way. Like for me, the it, it's never been about her. It's like she's the face of the league for the people that like know that she's played forever. But to me, ever since I've been paying attention, the faces of the league are Asia Wilson and honestly, like Candace Parker. So like, uh, like I, that's what it's. And I don't think that's just because I do this or because of talking to the people that I talk to. I just think that if you haven't been paying attention for more than the last like four or five years to you, that's what this league is now. It's not about the old heads anymore. Like they're still in it and you can still respect the game, but like it's BG it's, it, it, it's stuff like that. That maybe I'm, maybe I'm crazy, but like, that's, that's always the vibe I've been giving. And, and like, I understand that for people that have had these older players shoved down their throats as the goats for so long that it, it can come off differently, but I haven't had that experience. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that's because you're, experience has been so drastically different from other people yeah. because you got in during the social media area or era part of me social media era and you weren't having to rely on what espn was pushing or what such that's such so fair pushing. yeah like you're on twitter and you're seeing other people comment about people across the league and it's really giving you a better chance to formulate your own opinions and thoughts and also view your own face of the league so yes i agree with you over the last couple of years that it shifted but as a whole yeah see i just don't have that experience so I'm, I'm, I'm i'll admit that i'm coming from a place of ignorance that i've as long as i've been paying attention that has not been an issue because other than them every time dt drops 30 on on 40 shots i, I hear like that she's the best ever but other than that it hasn't been like that for my my fan experience yeah what do y'all two think? What do y'all other two think? Let's go. What you got for us, Mr. Guest? Um, I honestly couldn't tell you much about that simply because I got into the league because of Asia Wilson and the fact sure. that they put games on TV during the pandemic. So that was kind of my introduction because I was going to ride with Tiffany Mitchell, but the Indiana Fever really sucked. So <laughs> I, kinda, I had to say, ooh. <laughs> Let's let's wait till we get on the better team. And then also putting them on TV really helps me. So I've always been following Asia, so I can't really tell you much about the rest of that and who saw what and who, because I, I worried about me. So, yeah, like Corey mentioned, I said at the very beginning, I'm not going to have a lot to say about her. She is very nice, though. I like her personality. So that'll kind of be nice to miss. But other than that, mm, couldn't tell you much about her. Ain't got a lot to say. <laughs> I'll pass it to Carissa. I really love that y'all are like new fans. I like it's so weird. It doesn't feel like I'm new anymore because this is season three. But then I realize how long you guys have been into it, and it's like, yeah, I like, uh, like obviously, like, I, like I would loosely pay attention and like, but like, like Kadeem just said, I didn't get it on TV before. Like, I'm not in a market where I would get it. And like, if the TV rights weren't right, then I just wasn't seeing games, even if I wanted to. But I also didn't have anyone else that I could talk to about it, so there was no push to watch it. I, I'm very much a believer of. I don't get into sports if there's no one I can connect with on. And because I found myself so immersed in our community for what, like for whatever, since like getting into the W that's helped me get into it. But before that, there was no drawing point there. So I'm with, I'm I'm with Kadeem that I got in in the pandemic. So like my first, my very first game was the first game in the bubble in Orlando. So it it, it is new. And and so like, I do have a different perception of, of, of Sue and even, we lumped them together so much and it's not fair necessarily today when this is about sue announcing her retirement and not dt because she probably never will until like they have to cart her off but here we are here we are shout out to free cable with the apartments because that's really how i watch because the cable was free because if it wasn't free that league pass ain't that bad though i didn't know what league pass was honestly uh, until that's after fair. the pandemic so well yeah. we're still in it but you know so after the bubble you get the point y'all know what yeah. i'm saying out there yeah 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 I, I had league pass for the men's side because with writing and stuff it was easier to use league pass to keep track of other teams so that's the only, otherwise i wouldn't have known but i hear you um the only other news i guess is the mercedes wrestle update right bailey yeah so her non-basketball injury they 
says that she's being treated for a recurrent atypical headache syndrome and an update on her status will be provided in 10 to 14 days. I don't know about y'all. I have migraines a couple times a month, typically. Haven't had one in a while, but, you know, comes and goes. That sounds horrible. Mm -hmm. Sounds absolutely dreadful. And y'all know I love Mercedes Russell. I talk about her all the time. I had her on both of my fantasy teams. I hate that for her. But fortunately for Seattle, they've got a very competent replacement. Yeah, it's just, it sucks. I love Saints. This sucks. Yeah. I don't even like, like I've been alluding to this entire time. I don't even love, it's weird. I don't typically like Seattle, but I like a lot of the players on this this roster for whatever reason. I like So like, it's, I, I would rather see them whole and actually get to watch this work, even though. As I said, they're one of the more boring teams to watch, if, if I'm being completely honest. We're a little bit looser on this episode today, but here we are. But, yeah, I, I, I'd rather see everyone healthy. <laughs> I've uh, kind of come to a conclusion with Seattle as I watch them, is that they're not going to be fun in a typical kind of flashy fan sense. But if you watch them and you're looking at them like as a basketball mind, oh, my gosh. They're so solid. They're Bruh. just – they're incredible. Like if you watch them from like a coaching perspective, where you're like trying to learn, like on that level, like how I imagine like Carolyn or Mark watches the game. Mm-hmm. That's the team to watch. Except down the stretch in close games of the fourth quarter. But well, now they got now they got Brian January to throw up that weird reverse layup in the playoffs and get eliminated. So it just fits. Okay, Sun fan. It hurts forever. Sounds like your PTSD's oh, coming out. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, the storm remind me of Stanford, like on the college basketball side, like Stanford, they're just very smart, but not the most fun to watch. But depending on what you're watching for, I'm like, oh, that was real. That was, that was, you know, 100 level IQ type stuff y'all just did. And then against the wings, it was just 100 level IQ. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. You're going to tell me the wings don't operate at 100 level IQ? Mm, not based well we don't know that basketball is played with our hands apparently so no i wouldn't say that <laughs> so i think that before, doesn't for, no go ahead i was just saying before we pivot into the wings and you know breaking them down even further i did want to point out that after tina charles's game yesterday her and dt are now the only two active players in the top five of the awesome touring list pretty impressive for her to break into that top five list it felt like it was inevitable, but she was struggling this year. So good on her for kind of fighting through that slump. Looked great. And that's a pretty cool factoid. Say what you want about DT, Tina, and the Mercury. Got to respect that. Hey, look, man, you made fun of me. We make fun of me every week on, on, on here for my predictions and stuff like that. They look better. That's all I'll say is they look better. They do look better, but i still out on them. But you know, I mean, diamonds. I'm, I'm out on where they were. My prediction for the preseason when I picked them to be in the title or yeah. in the finals. So, like, obviously not there. But yeah, but diamonds hooping, and I love that. Sky was hooping, and I love that. I don't know the rest of them. Just I, right, but I like. I really do like seeing Vanessa Nygaard. Rest kind of, of them find just I is what he said. Yeah, but I like seeing uh, Vanessa Nygaard find her footing because I'm a fan of her. I just like the way she carries herself on the sideline. I love her haircut. It's fire. So I'll, I'll pose this as a question. Do you think that Tina breaks into the top three by the time she is done? Um, let me check the numbers. Let's see. Well, I'll tell you the numbers. So she's, she's at 68.29. Uh, fourth is Candace Dupree, who is at 68.95, which I think that she'll, she'll, get, get, her. she'll get that in short order. Uh, and then Tamika Ketchings is at 73.80. So that's about 500 points, a little bit over 500 points away. Yeah, I see her doing that. Especially I think if she probably... comes back for another season, which I think yeah. she will. Yeah, I, I don't think uh, Tina's on her way out quite yet. She which still has... wants that ring. Which, can you blame her? I mean... No. It's really, like, obviously, there's so much else wrong with the BG thing. I'm not being flippant about that at all. Obviously, I feel like it. But imagine someone ring chasing and then going to DC last year and seeing what happened with... Elena Dell done missing most of last season and Alicia Clark being injured and missing all of last season and then coming here for this chase and, and this happening. It's, it's, it's crazy. Very bad string of luck for Tina Charles. 
obviously like the 1000th least lucky person in this. I'm not trying to be insensitive, obviously, as this continues to go horribly wrong. And the extension of the detention this week was terrible news. So I don't want to be flipping about that, but it's just, you, I've never seen a rig chasing thing go this wrong. So what do you think about that, about that pairing, about both of them being in the top five? I think it's crazy, but I don't know. I really don't. I don't. <laughs> I'm not that's, a fan of BT. <laughs> that's weird because you're a Connecticut fan, so I thought you'd be a fan of these players. So I'm a fan of a lot of teams. I'm, I'm a fan of Connecticut. I'm a fan of Georgia. I do root for South Carolina at times. You bring up UConn every chance you get, so that's why you I'm do. surprised that you're this far out on these two. Don't forget about UT. Yes, can't forget about Lady Balls. Um, but yeah, do I think Tina Charles will break into the top three? That depends. She's a little inconsistent for me, and as a whole, the Mercury are too. You hate on this Mercury team, man. I hope they eliminate your sky this year. I'm just going to be honest. Not happening. Well, one, Ooh. that's not going to happen. But <laughs> two, Yeah, I know, I but like, like, they're making me want single elimination to come back solely so that can happen. Well, yeah, that's not going to happen. But I feel like most WNBA fans are like pro player versus pro team. Like yeah. a lot of people don't have teams to root for. They root for like a whole bunch of players. Yeah, I think, well, that's also part of just like the, and this is, but like in terms of like our generation of fans, even though I'm older than all of you, but I feel like people in our generation is, is typically like <laughs> is more pro more pro player than fans. You know what I mean? Like, and so I think that that, that it, I think that with the W having a younger fan base, I think that kind of makes sense, right? Especially it seems like, and, and Kadeem speaks directly to this, is that it's more of a coming in and you, you root for who you liked in college. I think that the transition from college to the pros is, is so much more connected in the W than it is in any other league. It is because the women's basketball on the college level is amazing. Like mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's better than the W. And so to get that transition, I mean, it happens all the time, but that's why I want to ask Kadeem, like, are you a Aces fan as well or just Asia? I've liked all the players on the Aces. Like, they're starting five. I generally enjoy and root for all of them. I don't really know what I'm going to do when they leave. I will probably be very sad. But it's kind of worked out for me just to root for the team as a whole because I like all the people they have, even though some of them, you know, a little inconsistent sometimes. But I genuinely do like the team. Now, give me – and they, they're getting contract extensions – so I don't see them going anywhere soon. Well, I don't know where D-Eric about to go. But <laughs> the ones I like are getting the contract extensions. So I haven't had to come to terms with what's going to happen when they leave yet. Wait a minute. So I, this doesn't necessarily have to stay. You don't like D-Erica? No, I do. But I was going to say, the way you said, the, the ones I do like are getting the contract extensions. I don't know where D-Erica about to go. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> no, that didn't. Eric ain't going nowhere. Yeah, I haven't heard news of her. I don't know. I don't know the business with her contracts. I just like her Instagram pictures. But I don't necessarily know what her contract business is. But I know Jackie got one. Chelsea got one. Asia about to be there forever. That Jackie <laughs> one looks like a, like, a, like a deal at this point, right? They locked that down. I'm very proud of Miss Jacqueline. Because she has really stepped up and stepped on next. Because we was really talking about her. Because I said, girl, you a number one pig. What are you doing? Ah, uh, see, I was, no, I was I'm thinking a, to her. 100%. 100%. I don't know if y'all remember last year. I, this might have been before Carissa was on. I The timelines confused me. But I was. I remember talking last year about her being most improved player early in the year. Because the way she came out in the first half of last year was so impressive. And I just love that. I hope it continues when she comes back from injury this year. But, man, has she been a blast to watch this year. I was I was more with them. I was like, I remember when I remember when I was watching that draft. She was number one, and I was like, why did Jackie Young go number one? Well, so that's again, that's part of it, right? Is and like it, it relates. It's not the exact same thing, but it kind of relates back to what I'm going to before. Since I like when I got into it, I wasn't looking back and like how where do these people get drafted? So by the time I was in here, Jackie was already in year three. So I wasn't thinking, well, where did she get drafted? I was just like, oh, that, she's a fun player. Oh, I can see potential here, type of deal. So I was I didn't have that expectation of a number one pick on her. To the point that whenever uh, our former co-host Drew last year was talking about like Aces got three number one picks and they can't win nothing, I'm like three number one picks. What are you? Th- who who are you talking about? I didn't even realize. Like it didn't even dawn on me. So 
that's I guess that helps my level of perception about her as a player. You'll never guess who I actually thought at that time was going to go number one in that draft. I don't know who was in that draft, so I, you're right. What year was she drafted? What, 2018? 19? Wait, um, let me think. I'm going to bring up the class so I can guess who you thought. <laughs> He's probably going to say something weird. Oh, <laughs> was it Enrique? <laughs> I thought Enrique was going to go number one in that class. I I remember back then really? swaying up and down. Oh. I thought Enrique was going to go number one in that class because they were talking about, yeah, the Aces are going to go with a guard. It's a pretty guard-heavy class. And I was like, they're going to get Enrique, aren't they? I just had because she was coming off that tournament run. I was like, yeah, she's she, yeah. Nah. This may be this may be slight. This may be. I mean, this may be talking shit, but like. They'd be worse if they had Rake over Jackie Young. And I'm oh, not even, absolutely. I'm not, even, I'm not even saying that because of the explosion that Jackie Young's had this this year. I'm saying with the way the team fits together as a whole, the type of player that Jackie Young is fits that team so much. It, would, it just wouldn't work with Enrique Agumboale. Enrique and Bill would not have worked at all. They'd have swung. Yeah. Oh, you think Asia was about to play with that? No, ma'am. <laughs> Does that's not, make that's it probably not fair because it seems like a lot of people actually like Enrique, and I'm probably just biased in that I don't. Same. I, she's also one of those that I feel like she has a lot of fans because a lot of people think scoring means greatest player, and it's just it's not cutting with her. Yeah, but then like I see smart basketball people like no, <laughs> but like like the example this week is Nakayas doing that article about Arike, and like I'm like when he's sitting there profiling her, and I think of him as somebody who actually like gets it. I'm like, oh wait a minute, what's what am I missing, <laughs> or what is he doing, or what's going on here? Sometimes, you know, some people do make mistakes, but I don't know that man, so I'm not going to speak on him like that. But a lot of people really just like her for her scoring. And I'm like, do y'all not see the rest of the, the package not there? Are y'all just not looking? What's what's really going well, on here? To be fair, if you're looking for passes and blocks, you actually won't be able to find them. They don't exist. Oh, I know. I'm well aware. I be watching. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> hmm. Shot clock going off in the background. <laughs> oh, let's let's. That's a good transition point. Let's talk about the Dallas Wings. Uh, watching the Dallas Wings regularly might drive you to drinking. Am I right? You're. Yeah. I mean, especially this past Friday when we lost by one. So you keep saying we, and I want to address that because you said you're not a Wings fan, but you seem to really connect to them. So talk to me about it. Like first of all, don't do me like that. Um, but you like said, said we like three times with them, man. Because it's just a habit. But also, when I pay money to go see things, I am invested. I want to win. I like winning when I can see them. Because this new TV deal with um, Valley Sports Network Southwest Extra that nobody has, I can only really see them at home most of the time. And so I would like us to win at home because mm. I'm there, and when I'm there, I'm a part of the group. Somebody and, has to make them laugh. And you said pre-recording what your what their record is with you in the building. What can you repeat that for the listening audience? What is their record with uh, Kadeem in the building? Zero, zilch. They lost every game, so their home games <laughs> are you. like what one and five. And I have been a part of all the five. Mm. All else. That's rough. So what? 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 If if you can say something that you like about the Dallas Wings, what do you like about the Dallas Wings? But I do enjoy, I, you know, I like how they look like they're having fun with each other most times. I like that. Um, I like the energy that some players particularly provide on defense. Um, that's great to watch. Um, as a whole unit. They're beautiful <laughs> girls, beautiful gals, beautiful women. Love it. That's it. <laughs> I can say some, I could say more nice things about that. I, I know that we wanted to get on here and talk about the wings together. So, um, I wish Charlie got more time. I like Charlie. I don't know if she's actually good, but I want to see more <laughs> Charlie. I, I think that if you're going to draft her number one overall, maybe you should find out if she's good. That might be something you could do. Um, I could talk about a walk career for days. I think that, as I said many times last year, and I'll continue to say, I think she's a future defensive player of the year. I think she's the future of this league. 
as I do for Satu Sabali. It's unfortunate that I think those going forward should be your number one and number two options, but you have someone who will not pass them the ball because the ball is glued to her hands when she is not kicking it into the stands. Okay, well, breathe. Okay, you're worse than me. Um, I can agree with some of that. I will say I can't agree. I do wish a walk was more of the paint protector of the team. She has the size to do so. And it really hurts them in a lot of ways because watching them play Seattle, that paint was wide open. I said, baby, what are y'all doing? There was this man beside me with his little boo thing. And he was like, yeah, y'all can't leave. She was just like telling them, you can't leave them wide open. What are they doing? I said, me too. What are y'all doing? Well, that's the issue, right? Is that they, this was something that I pushed back on a lot last year was that they prioritized playoffs over development, which to an extent, I understand because as, as long as they've been in the city, they had not been in the playoffs or they had not won it, whatever. But when you have two bigs drafted one and two and you don't give either of them playing time, when they get into the year two and you're looking like, well, are either of them going to be able to command this spot? No, because you've not developed them. And mm-hmm. Izzy Harrison is coming off the bench and Vicki Johnson, who I applauded for saying stuff about Arike's antics earlier this week is saying that she needs more from Vicky or sorry, she needs more from Izzy Harrison. It's like, well, like, what, like, what are we doing? Like, I don't, none of this makes sense. It doesn't. And I was real. I was like, of all people we're talking about, we're talking about Izzy, you're going to leave her alone because she ran into them chairs courtside and I felt bad for her. But yeah, no, when you have a walk, that is literally somebody who needs to be in the paint because watching them trying to defend Stewie, was a mess and no tino shade to your girl so i believe but she does not need to be in that position playing against some people i'm sorry it, it's not working with her please move her back down to like a three or four wherever she needs to go that's, but she that's to fair i'm not saying that i think that necessarily they're playing in the right position i just when i say that like i think that she has the kind of game that if as it develops and as she is healthier she could be your top scoring option because i also think that there's something more of an efficiency to it that is not in other players games i don't necessarily think that she needs to be guarding out on the perimeter or something like that. I do think that ideally she would be guarding in like the mid range to post area. It's just, just watching her with Stu was like a walk is right there. I don't understand it. A walk is right there. She has the length. She has the agility. She's, I mean, she's a lot younger than all of them too. So like you really have got to work with her to work. You banging it with the best of the best in the league. And you're just like, no, they trust the development on overseas. And I remember Vicky saying that last, last summer where she's like, yeah, they'll get time overseas. And it's like, that, if you're like, especially when we're coming into, obviously this is not connected just to Dallas, when we're coming into next season where prioritization is such a big thing. If you want to, if you want these players to prioritize the W, maybe you should prioritize their development Dang. in the W. Dang. That makes a lot of sense now that you, because I didn't know if she said that because oh, I, yeah. I was not listening to her half the time. That makes a lot of sense because nope. I was going to say no Tino shade, but it's all shade. The big T experiment was a bust and they should have never done that because as a South Carolina fan who has watched big T, most of the reason she was better in college was because she was quite frankly, just bigger than the rest of them. And she just doesn't have the agility. I will give her props though. Cause she did a little something, something this weekend, a little turnaround jumper. I said, Oh, look at you, big T bundles and buckets. But overall what the wings needed was not her. And I don't know why they grabbed her because she, Vicky says, I want to move the, I want to move the ball. I want to run at a fast pace Bet you pick someone who always gets beat running back. And it does not make sense to me. And I really want to find her clipboard and dry erase board and ask her what about that made sense. So I want to ask, this makes me pose a question. We all, I think we all agree that the wings have a log jam of their roster and it's not even just in one position. Like, they just have a log jam in a lot of different places. Like, pretty much across the board. Except for, like, small forward. So, I'm going to start with our guest, Kadeem. Okay. What type of move do they need to make to, Ooh. like, alleviate that log jam? It could be a trade. It could be whatever. Like, just what kind of move needs to be made because – they don't have a whole lot of flexibility with current construction. I know you said trade, but I'm really thinking about people they could probably just get rid of, and then I'll let y'all fill in the blanks of who they could probably put there. Um, 
in terms of people they probably could get rid of, you can, like I said, get rid of Big T because she's not really adding in anything for you. Um, she played four minutes the other night. That's tough. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm dumb. Who's Big T? Is that Tierra? Oh, Tierra McCall. That's what I figured, but I wasn't sure if I was like, it could be Tierra, it could be uh, Kayla Thornton. I don't know who who he's oh, going for for Big T. I love her. She's great. Okay. Um, yeah, no, Tierra McCowan, for those who don't know, she could probably go. Charlie can go. I'm sorry. I know she was number one. I don't know why you picked her number one, because she can go. Um, I really wish some of them were smaller to go back where Alicia Gray is, but you have a lot of people. You have Izzy, you have KT, you have a walk. Jasmine Dickey really has done a lot with her minutes this weekend, so I'm going to keep her because I really like her. I liked what she was showing this past weekend. So I'm going to keep her there. I just... Honestly, that's really it. I would probably just say get rid of them and really develop the players you have and put a walk more so in the paint, and you could be fine. I feel like their biggest issue is they're playing people in the wrong spots for what they need because a walk is too big for her not to be banging and bucking with them grown women under that basket. They play her on the perimeter so much, which I guess she's capable of. Like we saw when she dunked that she was able to get on the perimeter and cause some disruption. But I don't know that that's the best use of anyone's allotment on the team. No, because I'll never forget. It was this past weekend. And there was some point where she, it was like towards the end of the game or where she, it was the end of the shot clock or something. And if you're going to play her on the perimeter, you need to develop her confidence in shooting the three because she was wide open and then wasted the shot clock because I guess she was too afraid to shoot the ball. Girl, nobody was near you. So, like, if you want to put her there, like you said, you have got to develop these players in these positions you want them to play in because when they go overseas, nine times out of ten, they're playing in their more natural, I guess, positions. So they're not really getting developed for what you want them for. So, Ms. Vicky, I'm going to have to talk to you later, too, about that because it's not making sense. But, like, they have the talent to be a lot better. They're just honestly playing in wrong positions. Yeah, I saw that uh, against the Storm, I believe. They passed it to a walk on the right wing. She didn't even, like, square up. She didn't even, like, act like she was going to shoot. And I was just like, get that girl on the block, then. Get her on the elbow. Put her on the nail. Like, get her somewhere where she's comfortable, confident, because I'm glad to see her in the game. And even when she's not scoring, she makes an impact with her rebounding, just length, blocks, deflections, whatever. She's so disruptive. Right. But, like, she can be that way on offense, too. But they're not, like I said, they're not really putting her in the right positions. It's all, they're, They were almost running almost like a five out in that particular moment. And it was kind of weird. Um, so I'm not really sure what to make of that. But I, I agree with that assessment about her in particular. Carissa, what do you think? What do you think the Wings need to do? I think they need to get rid of Vicky and start over. <laughs> like, it's like Kadeem said, they have the pieces to be something. Not, not at the top of the league, but they have the pieces to be better than what they are. And Vicky has been the problem since day one to me. Is her, her years are extending, and I'm not sure why. Yeah, her rotations can do better. Like when they played Seattle on Friday, they whatever she did when she played the like entire second unit at the same time at the beginning of the game, it was great. They were banging. They were in the positions they needed to be in. And then we came in on Sunday and she went away. She went completely away from what worked for them. And I was like, do y'all not have a coaches meeting? Do you not discuss? <laughs> Let's talk about what worked well. Let's talk about what didn't. And you went away from what worked well. And so I'm over there sitting in the stands. I'm not near her bench. I'm more so by the away side, which I'm not doing it again next year for because there are too many opposing fans. And I got a slick mouth. I don't have time for that. But like, <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. They always go away from what works from them. And I really want to question what's on her clipboard. Squiggles. Smiley, smiley face motivational quotes yeah because like Satu when Satu and Enrique because that's when Satu and Enrique went out they they looked great they looked like they knew what they were doing because they were playing in the more accurate positions and Enrique was just she was non-existent and it worked well it was great but I just I really get headaches sometimes so let's talk about Enrique because that she, she's a, a hot 
topic on our pod whenever she's in the news uh, for good reasons and bad reasons and whatever reasons in between. Lately, she's been kicking things. We've seen her hit big shots. We've seen her go off for big nights. Like we all have our opinion on Arike. What is your take on Arike? She's she's pretty. Uh, what's the word? She's an enigma amongst W fans, I would say. Okay. Well, hear ye, everybody listening, about how what I have to say. She. We don't need her. The Dallas Wings do not need her to be the prolific scorer she is. That's not what they need. When the Dallas Wings are up and they're playing well nine times out of ten, it's because she's passing the ball. She is not a bad passer. She does really well when she passes the ball or when she lets Ty or VB or somebody get pass her the ball in the position where she can just shoot an easy shot. But I feel like she just has this desire to take the toughest shots and VJ allows that to happen. And that's when we really start going south. Because she's a great passer. If you want, she literally said anybody who can play the one can play the one. Sometimes you need her to play the one. When she's not getting her shots off, just pass the ball instead of dribbling the air out the ball. And so she's just someone to me that has too much power in making her own decisions. Which I mean, yes, she is a star player for the franchise, da da da. But girl, you the coach. You are the coach. And so she doesn't just reel back her decision-making ability, and I really wouldn't have an issue. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, she also don't find her to be, to be the leader that people say she is. Unless we talk in emotions. Because when she gets mad, everybody on the team seems to get frustrated because I guess because she's mad, everybody else can show their frustration. But I don't think she's the leader that people really think she is simply because she's the best scorer. She could score the ball, that's fine, but that doesn't make her a leader. So to shorten that up for people who just want to scrub through half of what I just said, she's good at what she's good at, but she's also not showcasing all of what she's good at, like passing. So in that same breath, who is the leader of this team? Who do y'all think is the leader? Like, we've talked about this before. Corey, who do you think is the leader of the wings? Um, I don't know if they are. I'd like to think that they are. But either Izzy or Alicia Gray, I feel like at least – like, I feel like Arike is supposed to be the leader because, as, as Kadeem said, like, the, the scoring and the emotions and all that stuff. But I feel like whenever it's a moment of balance and a moment of actually, like, talking things out, I feel like it falls to those two players. And I mean, like that's for better or worse, right? I think they're both great players, but you want your theoretical face of the franchise to be the one that is, if not your leader, at least close. And I think far too often when it comes to an Enrique leadership thing, it's just like the, the emotional stuff that results in, and I'm not even going for the jokes here, but like it results in like the, emotions that cost you a game whether it be like kicking things or keys or stuff like that it's just like until there's a balance there it does fall on the veterans and that's why I understand as much as I've criticized having the veterans in place over these younger players that you're trying to develop it's why I've understood having them there because you need some sort of leadership Carissa who you got who you think's the leader of the wings I think it's Izzy because with Alicia I mean she's been quiet since South Carolina like she kind of leads in other ways so I definitely think it's Izzy, which I don't understand why she's coming off bench now. Yeah. Okay. I she was playing really well, and it was kind of a shame that someone had to go to the bench. And I don't really completely agree with the choice for it to be Izzy either. So having been in the arena, seen it firsthand, who do you think is the leader? I would agree. I agree. If you if you had the if you had the post players, I put them in subgroups. If you talk about the post players, it's definitely Izzy. Because when she's not on the floor, they look a mess. Izzy's like, go here, go here. Tell She's like, she's their best paint defender because she's able to lead and tell them where to go. Now you switch to the guard side. I couldn't tell you what's going on. Like, I feel like, I don't know, I can't be giving her the energy like that. But when it comes to the guards, I don't know what's going on. Because like, they call plays and it looks, they just look, 
like a deer in headlights. It takes them so long to move. And I was like, if that's your point guard telling you need to go, you need to move somewhere. And y'all sitting there looking stuck. It's like, do you respect what they're doing? Like, I do understand you can't just like move immediately. They look stuck. I was like, are you just not listening? What's going on here? What are we doing? So like with the post players, definitely Izzy. Izzy tells them what to do. She's like, y'all need to move. They move. They go by their day. The guards, couldn't tell you. Not a clue. It may be Jesus himself because I couldn't tell you what's going on. Yeah, I, I get that feeling too. I think, I definitely think Izzy sticks out as probably the sole leader. And I I think on a more, she's definitely more vocal, more animated. Like you said, she's telling people where to go, always communicating on the court. I think someone who does more leading by example that none of y'all mentioned is Kayla Thornton. I think she is so consistent with her energy and effort. And while it may not always pop out at you, she's always making those hustle plays. She she hits the ground probably more than anybody in the W sometimes, it seems like. Like, it seems like every time I watch a Wings game, she's always on the ground. That's because she do the most sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some, some, sometimes it is a little bit, you know, excessive. But she goes to work, and she always, always has that motor going. And I think that for a team like Dallas, who – We've seen kind of get pouty and moody and in their feeling sometimes. Oh, like, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's very important. So, yeah, those those two came to mind for me. I do think – I think Alicia probably does a lot more leading behind the scenes than we see because she is kind of more quiet, but she's still very experienced. And then from there, I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, those, those three and then kind of goes off a cliff from there because – like Ty's still young. Ty's only like two years in. I think Ty's a, probably a good leader, but she's you know a little younger. And then from there, it's like who you got? And I mean, I guess that's decent. That's a good little hierarchy to have. But also, not if it's not. You're like, yeah. The issue, right, is that in theory, I know that we say that this is a playoff team, and they are. But like, they're also a young enough core that you would want leadership from one of your top picks from the last three years and as much as I've sung the praises of Satu or a walk and I have done the opposite with Arike I don't think any of them are that and while it's fine for now if it's Izzy the issue is I don't I don't necessarily know that I see any of them stepping up going forward and if this is supposed to be like a prolonged franchise build around those players that's why you tank for some number of years to get those level of players you want at least one of them to be able to step up and be the driving leader of a team. And I I just don't see it. Yeah. The leadership is lacking and you kind of, I don't want to say they play how they just are, but like, if you look at Satu and not necessarily, well, Marina plays like this, but she wasn't necessarily a top pick they were going for. But if you look at Satu and Marina and Arike, a lot of the times it's very much, I'm going to do what I need to do. And, you know, damn the rest of you. And it just doesn't work because like there's some moments I'm like, why would you drive on them? Why would you do this? You are one person against four people on the team. Why are we doing this? And instead of waiting and like trying to get something together. And I was like, you all want to be the star, but sometimes the best star is the one who helps up the rest of the team and makes you better. And they just don't, the three of them don't do that, but those are the three that the team has put the most stock in. And it's not, What's clicking, Stephen? Like, I'm not going to snap, but, like, what's clicking? Because, like, what's not clicking up here? I need to know. Corey, do you remember when – I cannot recall. I think it was Chauncey Billups, maybe. I, I'm trying to remember. Somebody was talking about Carmelo Anthony and how, like, when he was in Denver, he's like, okay, I got my 30, but we lost, and he would be happy because he got his 30. And then, Chauncey. That sounds right. And then if he got 20, but they won, he would be upset. I feel like the Wings have a handful of those on the team. Yeah, and, like, that's the problem, right? Because we're they're good enough that every year they'll be able to contend for the bottom two seeds in the playoffs, right? Because you have enough offensive firepower there that they should be able to win close to half their games. But in terms of a sustainable model, I don't, I like not there. No. And like, here's the thing. If you're going to keep bringing Izzy off the bench, eventually someone's going to pay her to knock him off the bench. Right. If if you're going to keep making 
Alicia Gray not the dominant, like the ball dominant player that she could be. Eventually someone is going to say, hey, you know what? You want to come over here and contend for a title where you can do that? So like, you ha- or like Kayla Thornton, you want to be this defensive wizard that is going to give your body up for every play? Let me put you on a team where you can do that and also contend for a ring. Like, I just think that they something needs to change. I think that like what we saw with Vicky being more vocal in the last week, and it wasn't just like I, we already addressed that I did not agree that she the way she called out Izzy because I don't think Izzy was the one that was at fault there, but her getting out there and actually like saying something of substance was a step in that direction because for far too long, especially last year, I felt like the like the non-control, the not like the, the, the no one answering to anybody that could, could be described in terms of an offensive game kind of like was the embodiment of their franchise for the last year under Vicky Johnson. And I think that needs to change if there's ever going to be some sort of step forward. And I'm not saying that her taking the step and calling out Arike is going to be that thing, but it's a step in the right direction because finally there's some sort of accountability. I feel like for far too long, there's been no accountability with the wings, whether it be, well, learn in the off season or, well, she led the league in scoring or was also MVP. That's cool. Or, well, we snuck into the playoffs. That's not good enough. And until you start acting like there are goals beyond, we lost six more games than we won, but we, because eight of the 12 teams make the playoffs, so we're a playoff team. Until you stop acting like that's good enough, that's all you're going to be. Because if you look at it, they're, like you said, their model is tired. Arike has not developed since she has graduated college. And teams pick up on that. Teams know that. And it's, you need to highlight the fact that she's actually a great passer. Because whenever she has six assists, which she gets pretty, you know, she's gotten more consistently. I'm like, oh, she she passed by, but like she can get those assists, and that they're not highlighting that. They're not saying people are used to Arike always cr- trying to create her own shot, and instead of saying, well, oh, she scored all these points, yeah, she shot the ball like 30 times. You need to just be like, oh, Arike is going to pass because when Arike starts passing and people get shocked by that then you can create an offense that is going to trick trip people up. But people already know if Arika has the ball, she's going to try to make her own shot. When Marina has the ball, she's going to try and make her own shot. Marina got, what, a double-double in assists or double-digit assists at least? That's not something we expected from her when she got on that team. Use those abilities to trip these people up because the girls know what you're going to do. You're going to try and create your own shot. And to be honest, the people y'all go against are better defenders than y'all are offensive shot makers. So. Well, isn't that part of the problem too, right? Is that you have those two that are always trying to create their own shot, not not necessarily for the pass. And then you have like a Ty Harris who is looking for the pass, but not necessarily at the W level creating her own shot consistently. So you don't really actually have anybody that is like, you need somebody that's able to threaten both as your primary like leader of the offense and you just don't have that. So it makes you, while you are a good regular season offense, that's not something that's a winning formula because that's so easy to defend against when you have to defend against it. And, and Alicia could be that, but like... They don't give her credit. She's like, I just don't see her as the type that they're going to consistently put the ball in their hands, whether it be because it has they're to be in. So like... You didn't ask me, Bailey, because you know what my answer would have been, but you asked Chris and you asked Kadeem of what my change would be for the team. If if, if Arike can't conform to that and let somebody else run the offense, move it on out and build around somebody else. Give it a boot. Like I, As much as I talk about how much I don't like her game, it's because I don't know that she will conform. If she could conform or she could adapt, I do see the skill set there. I think she's a very skilled player. It's just not somebody that I would want to build around because I don't know that she is going to ever be looking for somebody else to be put in a better position. Kadeem, you said she's a great passer. She doesn't do it all that often because she's only looking for shot creation. And that's really cool when you're one of the top scorers in the league and you're able to, because you have a scoring title, you're on this list last year for like the top whatever players of all time because you hit an accolade. But if you want to be a winner, like it's not college anymore. You being the best scorer in the country is not good enough. Like, yeah, like, it, I feel like at sometimes she's trying to beat Kelsey Plum's record for the NCAA most points in the game. I mean, most points in a career. Because, like, pass the ball. 
Like you're a great passer. Marina, great passer. You came from Notre Dame to very like a smart basketball school. Use those skills. And like you said about Ty, Ty is about the Ty and Veronica are like the two opposites of Arike and Marina. Uh, yeah. Where they're looking to pass and they're not aggressive on creating their own shots. And they need that balance. And if you could mold both of those, like those two pairs together, you would actually have a functioning offense. The issue is you can't. And it makes everything kind of butt heads together. I need to be in the, I need to be in a practice. I'll be like, what y'all be working on? Because it's easier to give somebody power, but it's harder to take it away. And that's their main issue. They love Arike in Dallas. They do. But she's real. She's honestly the reason y'all are not going to get any better. Because on that guard spot, people already know what to expect. V- VJ's not going to let someone run the offense. So you're just going to run into shot clock situations, which really is what bothers me when she talks about Izzy, because watching some of their games, the reason sometimes Izzy is inconsistent is because y'all dribble the air out of that ball and you give her the ball with like two seconds. And what do you expect her to do? Same thing with Alicia Gray. Sometimes they give them the ball so late in the shot clock, they just have to turn around, hope for the best and put that finger up and hope the guy that goes in. And it usually does it because it's usually against better defensive teams, like going against the aces or going against the storm or going against whoever else they've played and they lost when they shouldn't really have lost as badly as they did. Because you are, you can't, t- you're not taking away the power from the people who need to have the power taken away from. It's and a lot of the same issues that I have with my team, the Sun, when Dewana Bonner is being the primary shot maker. The issue is most of the time she's your fourth option. When Enrique is the option, the one that is running it, that's how you see an offense get bogged down. And I'm not like, that's not me trying to put over my team, but it's like I see some of the same flaws there. But there's a reason why before she came to Connecticut, the one Bonner was one of the best six women of the year. And I don't think necessarily Rika needs to come off the bench, but she needs to play more to a role than what she is playing. When Ty starts and Enrique starts with her, they typically start out a lot better. Yeah. But when Marina and Enrique start at the same time, you're kind of like, the only time it really works for them is they're both shooting consistently, but we see that so often they're not consistent. And so as a coach, you know, I never play basketball a day in my life because I don't do contact sports, but <laughs> I just don't understand where as a coach you think putting them two together at the same time and they're not consistent enough to prove that they need to start together is really working for me. Like, I don't see where you think that works. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that's about it. Carissa, do you have anything else to add, add on? I feel like we've monopolized the conversation. As per as per usual, we kind of box you out of the conversation and then come to you at the end. Yeah, that's how we do it. It's fine. I don't do it on <laughs> purpose. Like, I feel bad every time. I don't know why. You know, I say what I got to say, and that's pretty much it. Kadeem no, said right. a right, mouthful, right. and he didn't say a wrong word at all. Like, <laughs> I worked really hard because, as you can tell, I have a lot of feelings about watching them in person and being embarrassed. No, you hit everything on the head. Perfect. Well, I think that that about does it for this week, Kadeem. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you. Pl- plug your plug yourself again on the way out of here, so that anyone who wants to get more of your wisdom and wit knows where to find you. Well, if you want. Um, wisdom and wit you know I, I say nice things on Twitter sometimes you can follow me on Twitter at Kadeem Dirt that is K-A-D-E-E-M as in money let's make some money D-E-R-P that's on Twitter at Kadeem Derp. I guess you can follow me on Instagram too it's at Kadirp K-A-D-E-R-P don't mind the usernames those are you know nicknames from high school and what my dad gave me I post cute pictures on Instagram and on my stories sometimes so you can follow me there I feel like we've made progress this podcast. If nothing else, we got from the beginning where Kadeem said, don't go to Instagram. And by the end, he actually gave out the Instagram handle. So like, that's, that's progress. If nothing else, mm-hmm. there's a cute blood Millie story on there right now, or Megan and Stallion. Go look at them. They're beautiful women. So wait, are you and Bailey best friends? Cause if you're going to talk about flow Millie, then I feel like Bailey just immediately, you know, we talk pretty frequently about <laughs> these people. So. That makes sense. That makes it's sense. There. Well, we'll we will be back. Coming soon. Mm-hmm. We will be back next week. Um, maybe by then I will have been at my first WNBA game. I guess only time will tell. So 
if nothing else, I'm going to drag four people there that have no have never even heard of most of the WNBA players. But you know, that's that's the benefit of, be, of it being my bachelor party weekend. It's my weekend. So get them a drink; they'll be happy. That's what I'm saying. You get it. So we will be back next week on Rebel Edition.